Listen in the dojo and dynamite. Dynamite, put your hand in ring is out of sight. All elite TNT make it feel right. Put your hand all elite, time to unite. One's name Rich, the other Ashley. The number one pod for the whole family. Time to fill your wrestling appetite. Now it's time to start dojo and dynamite. guys this is ashley and rich here with episode 85 of dojo and dynamite it is friday july 16th and we have secured our tickets to aew's new york city debut arthur ash september 22nd and all out we told everybody we got all out we have arthur ash we have nork Gonna grab some Rampage tickets, probably last second. September's gonna be a very busy month, and I'm going I out am for the entire for weekend of Labor Day. Yeah, one flight booked. Episode 85. Flight. George Kittle. Cerro Miedo. Resident Lucha Bros fan. I guess he's not Myself? our resident Lucha Bros fan, but he is a Lucha Bros fan. Yeah, we have a guest with us. That's his like favorite football player ever. That's his boy. And he also loves Penta. Yes, he does. They both do. Yeah. So, yeah, we have a guest through this time. So it was kind of fun because we got to watch Dynamite on Wednesday. We had a, we big had a full party. house. Yeah. You got the chance to do the Tamatanga Thomas Island watch-along again, which if anybody's interested on the Patreon, check it out. Different tiers. They open it up to everybody. But we had an entire house, full house full of people watching Fighter Fest in front of a packed stadium. I think it was in Houston, right? Garland, Texas, one of those. But it was in Texas nonetheless. Texas is a very big state, okay? So some of these I'm going to name, like Houston and Garland, I don't think they're even next to each other. I know we have um, our good buddy wrestling with the weasel, Frank, in El Paso. And we didn't realize how how big Texas actually is Metal until Michael? we discussed He's with him Texas? Metal Michael too. Um yeah, it's it's crazy big. So we had a packed house, great show, a lot of people, which was fun. It was like the first time, really like a pay-per-view almost, like like double or nothing we had a lot of guys over. So that was a good time. But Yeah, AEW's like back time. on the road. We're back to our little watch-along parties. I mean, things are feeling things are feeling good right now. Yeah, and coming up soon, like I always mention, I just want to make sure that everybody's aware that there will be a time slot change, or as you say, recording schedule change for Dojo and Dynamite, because Rampage starts August 13th in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, so, but we're we not going to start with Britt Baker. What's up? So we got to cover both Dynamite and Rampage, so. You're right. Got to cover them both, so we'll do the recordings on Saturdays. They'll be out for the weekend. They'll be ready for your Monday morning commute, unless you like to listen to podcasts on the weekends. If you're out at the beach or doing whatever it is that you guys do, Ashley likes to listen to things when she's crafting malas. I can't wait to show everybody. I, I, I tweeted it. Ashley's been crafting very specialized, because we're chakra people now, crystal people, malas. Our one friend was so disappointed that we were crystal people i know and i found that like rude yeah to be honest i think it's because he's not really connecting to his own energies i'll make him but this is not a spiritual podcast actually <laughs> this is a dynamite podcast and fighter fest night one had the time i think in like a year it's only the third time ever it was the fourth time 
fourth time ever. But that's not how the show opened. It is not. The show opened with big action. IWGP US Heavyweight Championship. John Moxley, the Moxman, versus Machine Gun Carl Anderson. And I could have swore that this was the main event. I, I don't know where I got that from. Uh, of course, we had the coffin match main eventing, but what a hot way to kick off Fighter Fest Night One. Uh, a coffin match. Let's start with this first. Coffin match was the right way to end it. Oh, great of course, match, of great course. conclusion, good feud. Darby Allen, big pop in the ratings, one million viewers. Hell yeah! Carl Anderson, John Moxley, IWGP US Heavyweight Title. Has Carl Anderson ever fought for this belt? I don't think so. Maybe he has. He's never not a former champion, not like Lance Archer, who's going to be in a Texas death match next week against John Moxley, Fighter Fest Night 2. Oh, that has me hyped. There we'll we'll get to the machine gun Moxman match in a moment, but Wrestle Kingdom, Archer versus Mox and, and that Texas death match was fucking awesome. So this I think in AEW territory is going to be just crazy. And could we see Carl Anderson potentially in the G1 this year? Now they're going back to New Japan strong for the tag, tag team tournament. Tag Team Turbulence actually starts tonight. It starts tonight, so everybody check that out. There's also a SmackDown on tonight if anybody's interested in that. But clearly not Ashley, but nonetheless, fans are coming back. Wrestling World coming back around again. Arthur Ashe has sold like 15,000 seats. That's yeah. insane. We got... They're opening seats behind the stage. Crazy. I wonder what the setup's going to look I like. I have no idea. No idea. But it's packed. We got pretty decent seats. So if anybody's going out to Arthur Ashe, let us know. Yeah, we got... It's going to be a pain in the ass to get out there, but, you know, we did it. We do it for the love. Yeah. We do it for you. We do it for the people, as Rikishi said. Bless. We do it for The Rock. No. Not for The Rock. We do it for the people, though. But nonetheless, Carl Anderson, John Moxley, it was okay. I mean, it was clear Moxley came off. He just had a kid. I'm sure he's been busy. I'm sure, you know, as we said, he's probably been sleeping less, traveling all the way across the country, came down to Texas as far. It's still a far trip, even from Vegas. So, you know, he comes out. They're moving back and forth. He's a big dude. Carl Anderson looked great. Match was full. I mean, back and forth slugfest was traditional New Japan rule. So 20 count out. It, of course it should be, but I just, I love seeing the match being contested under New Japan rules. Like, obviously it, it's a New Japan belt, but it's just, it's, they've done a very nice job of blending the New Japan with AEW style of matches. And then I love the fact that Excalibur came on. He sold what the Bullet Club was, who was part of it, Tama, who introduced it. on commentary. Matt Fale. So it, it was, there Prince was so Divot, much into this. Him. They came in here. They're going to be doing it next week. It's very possible that Lance Archer can win this. This match was good, though. No, this was this was a great way to kick off the show. I, I love seeing Machine Gun in action, singles action. Um, we haven't seen it often. Not, not, not too often. Not recently. Exactly, and but yeah, it's getting to that point where it's like, who is going to take this belt off of Mox? And it kind of makes sense that Carl Anderson's getting back in a way in the singles competition because if the G1's open, they need competitors for the G1 tournament. If Carl Anderson's going to commit to New Japan going forward a little bit more, with even with Doc, but you're talking about, you know, he's going to be committing to New Japan more. He's got a chance here to show on live television. He has a match for the IWGP US Heavyweight title against John Moxley. It's a good way to reintroduce Carl Anderson back to the New Japan audience. This was smart. And it, it, they you know they continued to play on the Bullet Club history, the New Japan history. We saw last week with the video packages, this week with with the opening segment. I mean, it's 
they're they're acknowledging where he's come from, what he's done, and like you said, it's a good way to reintroduce him. It's also an back. easy way to allow Moxley to work without having to commit too much. God forbid he can't make a show or two, depending on what's going on at home, depending on what his responsibilities are. And we're also still in a pandemic, so we are. Yeah, and are it's it's so easy fluid. for him to kind of go out here. Don't worry about cutting too many crazy promos. Don't worry about working these feuds, these stories, or making these towns. You come in here, you have great championship matches. Matches a solid B. Very enjoyable. So there's some spots that were a little sloppy. But, I mean, back and forth. These guys, I don't remember them working together recently, if at all, ever. So, I mean, you have a chance. These two guys collide right in the live television, start the show. It's a good way. It's kind of like Cody and QT last week. It's a good way to open it. High energy, high profile, hard hitting. Uh, loved everything about it. But I'm super, super stoked for this Texas Deathmatch rematch next week. Yeah, Lance Archer, John Moxley, the match was terrific. I mean, every time I've had it, it's been terrific. They had one in October for the AEW World title prior to the Kingston pay per view match prior to the Winter is Coming. So, again, great match. This could be huge for Archer, too, if this actually ends in a title change. Well, I think Archer needs it. I agree. That's part of the problem. Archer may be looking now full-time or looking toward New Japan to say, hey, look, this might be my way of kind of coming back, just kind of doing more with what he ha what he has right now because you look at what he's doing in AEW. And obviously he did that segment. That's just kind of filler segment. They used to, they used to reserve those spots, honestly, for like Kane. But I'm not, I'm not trying to, to reach here, but he was an integral part of Suzuki-Goon. So you give him the belt, I mean, that could be another way to bridge the gap of bringing over more New Japan uh, faction warfare, if that's an angle that we're looking to take. Like, I think it opens more opportunities for Archer, also for the New Japan partnership, if he wants to work New Japan Strong. Uh, I think it would be a good move. And you also have where New Japan Strong, like you had said, is kind of doing this with the titles. And we have Resurgence coming up. Right, and, and Archer is in America. Archer's committed to AEW Dynamite, but if he's if he's IWGP US champion, is he the right guy to go over Moxley? Sure, I think he's a good enough guy to go over Moxley. Why not? Oh, he's a valuable asset. Absolutely. So I mean, then he defends it, and it gives him something to do on the outside. That's not just kind of, hey, where do we need a big guy for a spot in AEW? Because we've been talking about he doesn't have direction. So, you know, this is kind of a twofold here. We're kind of predicting what's going on next week, Fighter Fest Night 2. Then we have Fight for the Fallen, which I don't think there's much for that yet. Is that going to be the Elite versus Dark Order, not to jump too far No ahead? idea. Because that was advertised like it was going to happen last night, or Wednesday night, I'm sorry. Like next week. Legitimately, no, that night. Like they said, hey, let's have this match, five on five, tonight. Oh, I got the vibe that it was going to happen at Fighter Fest Night 2, but I don't think it's been actually announced we'll get there though we'll get there because that was an a-plus segment after our opening contest we had the ftw championship which you already mentioned ricky starks making his in-ring return after his injury versus brian cage and i thought this was i, I had said this to you when we rewatched the show what a cool moment for ricky starks um obviously a, a great night for everyone in aew returning to a, a live crowd on the road we had miami last week texas this week but he debuted in the middle of the pandemic. Wrestlers at ringside, no fans. And he gets to come out to this massive crowd. Everyone's behind him. He gets the win. I, I just thought that was... I felt it was like a special moment. And coming off a neck injury. 
Yeah, absolutely. So you're looking at it two ways. Guy, like, comes back from a neck injury in, like, two months. He's got the Brian Cage thing. This match itself, look, you want to come from a match standpoint, it was a little sloppy for some reason. It picked up. There were some really nice spots. Ricky Starks gave Brian Cage a powerbomb off the top rope, or he pulled him off the top rope, which was just terrific. But there were some spots here that made, but Brian just kind of looks sometimes like he's almost too big for his body. Like, he's not a tall guy, per se. He's not Batista's size. But he's as big as Batista was in his, in his peak. And it's like, you know, sometimes it looks like his body almost gets in the way of the raw athleticism that Brian Cage has. But this match against Ricky Starks, Ricky came out, he's a little thin, obviously, you know, probably not working out as heavy as he could. So the dynamic in appearance is like this big guy versus this lean, this, this lean, mean fight machine, yeah. kind of like an underdog story. But Ricky's supposed to be the bad guy here. So you're kind of selling that he's the kind of, you know, this sly, you know, attitude, you know, pretty dynamic. Ricky kind of, kind of guy. And then you got Will Hobbs outside, you have Hook. Both guys look terrific. Yeah. Those guys turn on Brian Cage. This match was okay. Like I said, B minus. I'd say because I did like a lot of the spots. I liked the story. I, I liked some the, of the pieces. <laughs> the bicep curling of of Ricky Starks. I thought yeah, that the, was there was nice some there were some really nice pieces but, in here. I mean, obviously, this was more story driven. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, Hook and and Powerhouse interfere. Starks gets the win. He's the new FTW champion. And Taz, Taz is proud of him, which is clear that Brian Cage is out. Exactly. So Brian Cage is done. We'll see what Brian Cage is going to do. Because what are you going to do with Brian at this point? Because now he's kind of a face. The crowd is behind Ricky. Yeah. So now with Brian, doesn't have a mouthpiece. Now I'm not saying he can't cut a promo, but he doesn't have a mouthpiece. Doesn't have a team. Doesn't have Taz. What do you do with Brian Cage? No FTW title. You gotta, I mean, you got to figure this out. I don't want him to fall the way that Archer kind of fell. Where you got a big guy just kind of filling in big guy spots. There were dream matches that never happened. Brian Cage versus Kenny Omega, but we may not get to that if Adam Page is taking the belt from Omega at All Out, which is a very real possibility. No matter if you want to listen a couple weeks ago what we talked about, but it's a very real possibility that Hangman Page takes the belt from Kenny Omega. Yeah. Where does it leave Brian Cage? I'm going to assume that the... The beef here between him and Team Taz isn't quite over, but there's only so much you can do. Like, I don't, is this going to drag to all out? I, I don't know. I don't know that that would make sense. But is Brian going to add his own pieces faction? to his own team? Because right now it's like three on one. Yeah. Is Brian going to come back with his tail tucked between his legs and beg Taz for another chance? Could be a way to go on the angle, could be different. I don't know. Who I don't would, know. Who would you put in his faction? I have no idea. Because Brian Cage has been with Team Taz that he hasn't been able to kind of step out and do his own thing that I don't really know much about. I, and I like Brian Cage. I really do. I, I've been watching him for years. He's been, he was in TNA. I watched him. I enjoyed him there. I mean, he was, he's been an, a freak of nature. But what does he do on his own now that he's kind of out of Team Taz's shadow what does Brian Cage do with what's left on the table? I don't know. No, but I think that's you actually said that perfectly. Uh, when he came in, he immediately aligned himself with Taz. So it's like we don't really know much about him per se in terms of Brian Cage. Like he, he's constantly been in this relationship or, or alliance with, with Taz and, and Taz's other allies. 
And that's kind of going to transition us to Malachi Black, right? And I, and I, I know it doesn't sound like it does, but at the same time, it's the same comment about Brian Cage. I'm not familiar with Brian Cage in the same sense that I am familiar with the guys in AEW right now. Right. I don't watch I don't watch a lot of WWE. I know Brian Cage, I believe he's in the Cruiserweight Classic. Maybe he wasn't. He was in the X Division for sure, but he was I don't know if he was in the Cruiserweight Classic. I might be wrong. But he was involved in a lot of these I don't want to call them high flyers, but he was in Lucha Underground. He's been in AAA. He's been in PWG. I mean, this is the kind of style he can work. And he's kind of this freak of nature, this giant guy. What do we do with him? But I'm, again, I'm not familiar with him. And the reason why I'm transitioning to Malachi Black is because people have said, you know, well, this is the same character this guy's pulling in from WWE. He didn't go and reinvent himself with quotations instead of coming out here and just kind of being what he wants to be. And obviously this is twofold, but I'm not really familiar what, with, with what Aleister Black did because I didn't watch WWE. Yeah, I was actually going to say the same thing. Like, this is brand new to me. Brand new. I saw Aleister Black in NXT. How many years ago was that? 2017? Wasn't he feuding with uh, Andrade for the I, NXT title at some I point? I never watched so, NXT. So, I mean, you're, you're talking about a guy who I, we, we mentioned it the other day. We were making a joke. But I haven't watched Monday Night Raw since 2018. The last Monday Night Raw that I remember specifically watching was the same Raw that was happening during the Los Angeles Rams-Kansas City Chief game that was like the wild Monday Night uh, shootout. So, I mean, you're talking about 2018. So I have no idea what Aleister Black's been doing. I don't know what he's been doing on, on WWE, but this apparently struck a lot of people as a WWE-centric style character, WWE-centric style story with Cody. You know, we have what? a good friend of ours, though. I'm sorry to cut you off. That kind of said that he is enjoying Cody doing this because it's giving Cody relevance again. Big top star, leaves the company, comes to AEW, Malachi Black, feuds with another top guy in Cody. It's a lot of symbolism people want to make. That's great. But the reality is you've got a top guy fighting a top guy in a top feud. And I think what Malachi Black is doing, I think his promo is very good. I think the crowd loves him. I think his character is good. I think his style right now is better than what it was in WWE. If it's the same WWE thing, the guy's only been out for four weeks. What is he reinventing the wheel for if it's a character that he had input on that he really wanted to try that WWE didn't give him a chance to begin with because they caught him in the middle of the program? He's just carrying over what the fans are going to be familiar with. He doesn't have to reinvent himself. He never had a chance to show this character. That was kind of my sentiment on those detractors I saw on Twitter. I saw a lot of people talking about, you know, well, this is just the WWE reboot of it. And it's like, but... You know, this is, I mean, it's new to me. It, no, that, it's its brand new to me as well. Like like we said, I, I think the the eye thing was a continuation of WWE, if I understood correctly. So he's like, it, it, fan participation. Like, is he literally the same character that he was when he left? Like, I, 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 I don't watch anything WWE, well, listen, so... Alistair Black is looking at himself, Tommy End, Malachi Black, whatever he wants to call himself, he's looking at himself as he's the continuity. I'm a wrestler. This is my story. 
I'm not going to pretend that Alistair Black didn't exist. I'm not going to pretend that Tommy N didn't exist. My story is that I am these people being shaped by my past and my future. And this is where I am. And I've learned from those places. I've grown from those places. And I've become this. Which is his own narrative. That's not just a script for a wrestling show. It's a him thing. I think it's kind of cool. I didn't love the aesthetic of the smoke in the promo. Like, that was a bit much for me. Um, but I, I, I'm here for the ride. I, I've said it before. We've talked about this at length. I've had a hard time getting into what Cody's doing. Right. I, it, it's good in theory, but then it's like I, I, I end up getting lost in the story i like the aesthetic of of the white versus black gear the the good versus evil and it's in some in its simplistic sense uh so i am intrigued um at this time and you know we'll, we'll see what happens but i'm just i am excited for him to as we kind of talked about last week and we've continued to talk about with AEW, just having that chance to give his creative input and tell the story the way he wants to. I agree. I think this is a hot angle right now. I liked it. Crowd ate it up. They were excited to see Malachi. A lot of emotion. Cody came out and, I mean, Cody Cody is great on the mic, but he was was amped up because he's pissed off. And you could feel that. Cody can sometimes, you could feel that. Cody can sometimes cut what I would call the same type of promo too sometimes. It kind of feels very similar. Sort of like MJF, sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of feels similar, but... But he's good. They're both good at what they do. Yeah, it's he's just... building Simpy and Malachi Black is back there. He's on the stage. He's coming out. The crowd's like, oh, all right. And Cody goes, well, you get out of here. He goes, all right, well, I'm coming. And the crowd pops big because, you know, it's like, oh, I'm not here right now. I'm just talking to you via video conference. But no, he's there. Well, the lights go out again and he appears in the ring. So is this like, is it like the Matt Hardy teleporting thing? No, I don't think so. I think he's more like I'm hiding my angle. You're not going to catch me off guard. Lights go out. You're not going to know where I'm going to be. You're not going to mm-hmm. catch me. Mm-hmm. I catch you. And I think this character... Like I like a mysterious the fact that he, element to it. Right. And I, I think I like the fact that he wears a suit. He's not playing a character as much as he's playing a guy. It's kind of like he's not Batman, but he's not playing like this supernatural entity, which is one of the things I didn't like about... I mean, he wasn't really that either. The NXT, he was so... Over the top, his character was like, you know, he was raising out of a coffin, this whole thing. But then he got in the ring, and he's wearing, like, kickboxing gear, as Cody would call it. He's wearing, like, you know, straight-up wrestling gear, and it's a very untraditional style. So I just didn't like the clash or the mesh. I think I said this last week. I didn't like Aleister Black's NXT character, because I didn't think that the character meshed with the in-ring style. Right now, this is matching a lot better. So we'll see. I mean, I'm sure he's not going to wrestle probably until All Out. Why not? Milk it. They said Cody's going to be off TV. They're doing a Go Big show. They're mm. taping again. So, mm-hmm. you know, we can milk this to the pay-per-view. Why not? Malachi Black deserves a spot. Yeah. No, I don't disagree with that. But moving right along, um, next up was arguably my favorite segment of the night. We had Hangman Adam Page coming out to address... 
the the rankings, the the Kenny promo from last week, the Dark Order promo from the, the previous weeks, and and he wants to go after the AEW World Championship. It's the right time to build this story. You got two months in a way. You got a lot hot crowds coming up. It's it's going to tell the story. Now you got him teaming with the Dark Order. He I get this. Finally aligned himself with the Dark Order. You have Adam Page cutting a promo where he kind of kind of trying to sell that he's anxious, he's uncomfortable to be out there, and he's kind of like, look, I've been burying myself in alcoholism. I've been hiding and running away from my friends, from my feelings, from my emotions, and now it's time for me to go out there and show you, Kenny Omega, I want my AEW World Championship shot because I blew it two years ago, and I'm not going to blow it again. And I think that's the story. And I think that it comes from a best friend standpoint. I'm not going to call them best friends, but they were, they were good friends. They were members of the elite. They were tag team champions. There was a divide throughout this entire piece. Look, he's an angsty millennial cowboy. That's his character. It's a great fucking character. It's relatable. Oh, it's super relatable. He comes out here. This promo was kind of all over the place because it just was like they I thought that like they were saying the match was going to happen tonight, but it couldn't because there's way too many matches on the card. So it was like, I don't know what the hell was going to happen. You have Nick Jackson walking out like, what the fuck is he wearing? A so, romper of a cat riding a shark with rainbows and lasers. Cowboy cat riding a shark, vomiting rainbows with like galaxy in the background. Like, which buck wore it best? Nick, there's no debate. Yeah, and I know, and, and a lot of you guys are going to disagree with me, but I mean, the moment that we saw Nick Jackson, and Ashley wasn't there because we had this big party, she was doing her watch along, we had a bunch of people there, and as soon as Nick Jackson walked on the stage, every person Jaws in the room was like, what the fuck? The facial hair's back too. Listen. Like, everybody could say they were better outfits. Were there better outfits? Yes. Better, more stylized outfits. But everybody in the room with me that day was like, what the fuck? When he walked out on the stage. Which buck more best? Nick. Nick Jackson. Thank you. Thank you very much. But no Elite Hunter Kaz. No, so that was that was disappointing. Which um, is kind of the right time to talk about it, because this is the only time that these guys were out here. So, no Elite Hunter Kaz. Which is odd, in a way, because his character is so sporadic. You can look at it two ways. You can look at it saying he doesn't have to be there, but at the same time, he's only there for a couple minutes anyway that he could have made an appearance. But there wasn't much contact outside of Adam Page kicking the shit out of Matt Jackson. Yeah. So those promos were something brutal. They were doing like meme promos or some shit, Nick. I don't know what was going on, man, but they were some bad promos. We're going to forget that that promo ever happened. I will not forget. But no, I mean, Kenny's going to turn cowboy shit into belt collector i can't no this is bad promo <laughs> we're never we're just, never gonna forget just, this just delete but it we're going to have super elite versus dark order five on five elimination elimination if dark order wins they get not only hangman fighting for the AEW world championship but we get dark this is a 45 minute match fighting for the aew like world this is Tag survivor series yes but this is like, which is what we've asked for because Stu Grace and Evil Uno deserve a tag team championship shot. But I, this is yeah. like, this is Survivor Series level match. I mean, this is going to need a 40 minute television slot. So I don't know if it's going to be next week. It's got to be Fight for the Fallen. Fight for the Fallen. Um, they haven't announced any like August lineups, right? I think July is this jam packed 
events. Yeah, August is Special just events. it's just the homecoming. They're going back to Jacksonville August fourth. They're going to Pittsburgh Maybe August eleventh. Yeah, it's yeah. possible. Some people they sell out there. But that's gonna be that's gonna be a big big match. And you think about it, I I feel like Dark Order has to win. Well, they have to win. Whether or not they're going to win the tag team titles, oh, I, I meant the, they this, have this elimination yeah. match. I would, um, I would say that they had to win. But I think over the the past few weeks, with them being back on the road, I mean, we you can tell the story both ways, though. I don't, I don't mean it. I'm sorry to cut you off. Like you can tell the story both ways. They could lose if you don't feel like Stu and Uno. You don't want to give them another loss for the tag titles. You don't want to kind of like feed them to the Bucks. So, you know, you could do that and then kind of work away where Hangman works his way to all out, in a sense. But the stake was if he if they lose, he's out. But don't forget here that Christian Cage, as we transition, I know I don't want to cut up Dark Order, is undefeated in AEW. So, don't sleep on the fact that, like, there's a guy here, big top star, babyface, undefeated sitting right underneath Adam Page that could potentially get that all-out match if they decide, hey, Dark Order's not winning on Fight for the Fallen. I'm just just saying. Because this is going to transition us into the Matt Hardy-Christian Cage match, which, again, I thought was just... I was looking forward to it. I said that to you last week. I've said it before. That you have these two individuals coming... Attitude Era match. They've had how many tag teams? These guys are rivals through and through, regardless of how many matchups or the stylized matchups that they've had. These two guys go out there in front of a live crowd, put on a fantastic match to give an A. I thought this match was great. They went out for 20 minutes. There was no mistakes. It was a clean match. Good suspense. Good buildup. Two guys. Christian Cage goes over. They come out with the Hardy family office. Luchasaurus comes out, picks up Christian Cage. Jungle Boy's out there. This is this is good. The feud doesn't have to end here with Jungle Boy and Matt Hardy and the whole thing. They could do six-man tags or whatever. Doesn't have to end here, but this was good. But remember, like I said, Christian Cage is undefeated. Babyface, kind of a top star. You get Andrade, who kind of is coming off as a heel, now looking at Death Triangle. Oh, yeah, I, f- I forgot about that. That is, I'm interested, very interested in that. So you have a lot of working pieces here. You got Lance Archer challenging again for the IWGP US Heavyweight. You have John Moxley and Eddie Kingston still clearly a team. Moxley kind of transitioning back after, you know, having the baby. You have Cody working with Malachi Black. You have the pinnacle and the inner circle, which is still happening. You have the Jericho thing where he got hit right in the throat. Jesus, Sean yeah, got... Spears just jacked him oh in the throat. Oh my gosh! So the the what is it called? The, the the Jericho stipulations are starting next week. The five labors of Jericho. That's right? that's it. Uh, Jericho versus Sean Spears. Not a fan, but you know. Sean can use the chair. Jericho cannot. I am glad that the chairman has found his way back. Yeah, this is a big match. I think, I think Sean Spears is thriving right now. And this, this gimmick to... is great. Like I, I love where I love where this has gone throughout the, the Pinnacle Inner Circle feud. Just want to circle back, no pun intended, um, quickly to the Dark Order thing. We've been debating, you know, is Cowboy shit over? Is this the right time? Should should we elongate it? I mean the crowd loves Adam Page. That makes me feel like it should be the time to pull the rug out. Yeah. And not it's gonna hurt. The belt. 
Um, yeah. Um, Cause it's going to hurt. Yeah. It's the right, you know, it was, it was tough because you needed Moxley to transition to be a top guy. You needed him to go over Jericho. And then you kind of wanted, we were waiting for Kenny Omega to kind of do it. It kind of felt right. Moxley was champion for a long time. Yeah. He had a tough run. Kind of felt like, hey, we want to do it. Omega's title run, I mean, we're coming up almost on a year already, which doesn't feel like it because he hasn't really fought many people. But he's coming up on a year already. Look, I'm not a fan of the belt collector thing. I'm not a fan of this whole story. I've said that how many times that the Kenny thing's fallen flat. It might be time to refresh a little bit, a little quick reboot, give it to Adam Page. Even if it's a short turnaround, it, it's something that, you know, we just kind of reboot a little bit. We kind of get some fresh matchups. The emotion, I mean, the emotions, the energy, the excitement is there. So I think if if Hangman does, if the match does happen and he gets the win, I, I don't think it's a wrong move. But the story could also go the other way where, like you said, they pull the rug out from un- under us and... I, I'm, just imagine being in the arena and he loses. Yeah, again. Ugh, like, and I gotta go home sad. Oh my gosh! Like at all out, all out 2019 when Jericho hit the Judas effect. Yeah. Oh, the the pain. He forgot. He forgot about the Judas yeah. effect. I forgot that was a move. 100 percent effective. Didn't think about it. Jericho he hit hits it, and I he was, was like, crushed. "Oh my god, it is over." Hangman loses. Yep. So. I hope, in a way, that you don't have to experience that again, but also wrestling is great when you feel something, so if that's the story or the the direction they're going to take, I mean, hey, we're here for the ride. But Christian versus Matt Hardy was was perfect, and I just, I feel so happy for all these guys to be back in front of an audience and just getting to do what they love and what they're great at, so super cool. After that, we had Sammy G versus Wheeler Yuta, accompanied by best friends, uh, Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. Now, we haven't been watching much of Dark, so I don't know the, the, the backstory here with Wheeler Yuta, but are we, like, replacing Trent in Best Friends? No, I don't, I don't know if Wheeler Yuta was a local guy. I don't know if it was something where they wanted, you know, he got a chance to be on television in his hometown. I know Sammy Guevara was home. This match was one of those matches where Wheeler Yuta looked great. Oh, yeah. It was, it was a good match. Wheeler looked... It was a very good match. I yeah. thought it was a really good match. Yeah. And I thought Wheeler looked great. Sammy looked great. Super pop. But it was one of those things where it went on a little bit too long. And it's not that Yuta didn't need offense. It's that the match just... The crowd was super into it for like three, four minutes... Everybody was really hot, and then it just kind of dragged a little bit, dragged a little bit, dragged a little bit, and now all of a sudden, why is this match still happening type of thing? Because the reality of it was, Sammy was going to come out here to win. Wheeler looked fantastic, even in defeat, because, I mean, he took bumps like a champ. He was all over the place, springboards, taking cutters. I mean, it was a great match, but... It was three, four minutes too long. It, it, and I, I'm, I'm saying that, but, you know, match time was probably like, I'm going to say it was like three, four minutes, but it probably wasn't even that long. Match time was probably like four minutes. It just felt like, for whatever reason, we were there, involved, Sammy was hot, Sammy was over, we don't need Wheeler Yuta to get a ton of offense in, and I don't mean that because, hey, we don't want to put him over, he put himself over because of how athletic he was, because of the things that they were doing, the match was already hot, it was great, I already had respect for Wheeler Yuta, thought he was very talented mm-hmm. in the first in the first two minutes of the match, mm-hmm. he didn't need all of that 
to show something and then to lose anyway because it weakens what Sammy Guevara's pop was supposed to be. It was supposed to be Sammy getting a big pop in front of his home crowd, everybody at home, and the audience, at, like everybody at home, the audience kind of feels, hey, Sammy's this big, new, young, hot talent. Watch him. But instead, crowd goes on a little too long, crowd starts to get bored because you know the outcome, why are we still doing it? And then you had the transition, and I don't, I don't want to be, you know, that guy that just jumps through this, but you transition into Yuka Sakazaki and Penelope Ford, which is a match that was okay, but it was another match that I thought went on between two competitors that have absolutely no story. Yuka Sakazaki being back is great, but there's two competitors with no story having a random dynamite match. The crowd didn't seem to really care about it as much as Yuka's great little sloppy goes on too long and you're kind of like dragging it in here because it happened right after that don't know it it was definitely nice to have yuka returning to dynamite um she's got an amazing exciting energy about her and uh people love her so i I think it's nice to have her back and and i like penelope before like i said she she always seems so cool she looks, her gear is, like, she just looks fantastic. But it was just a match, and there was nothing really wrong with the match. It was like, you know, it was what it was, but... No, 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 the match was fine, but like you said, it's just, where did the story come from? It's just a match that's happening? Yeah, it was just slapped on there. And, you know, you had, I don't want to cut off thinking of women's wrestling, you know, you had Britt Baker cutting a promo. Yeah, we f- forgot about the She's promo She's taking on Nyla Rose next week. Yes, so, Britt, I mean, there's there's really not much to say, because every time she comes out, and, and cuts a promo. I mean, she's just she's she's killing it. She's been killing it since the cruise. Like, it was an odd camera angle though, because it made the cameraman seem like he was shorter than Britt Baker. They were like looking up her nose. It was like like looking up her her face there. I love the I, I love the continued friendship she shares with Tony Schiavone. I liked how they cut backstage to Vicky and Nyla responding to Britt in the moment. I thought that was cool. Um, but I, I'm, I'm excited for the match. I think it'll be good. But Brick can do no wrong right now. Right? Yeah. It, it's like we've always said. It's not Nyla. It's just that Nyla is always kind of the first hurdle for everybody. It's like you go over Nyla first to kind of show, hey, you know, I can defend this title because Nyla is the native beast. It's kind of Lance Archer treatment, and it kind of, you know, she falls flat, and you kind of feel irrelevant because we had a friend of ours that kind of like, you know, what I kind of don't really care for Nyla too much. And it's like it, and that's unfortunate because I think that she's very athletic. I think she has good wrestling matches. She's and extremely I, valuable to I the just, division. I think so, and I think that the reason why he feels that way is one: her promos have been short, not deep. Vicky kind of screams. I like the combination, but it's you know they're not telling much of anything. It's not enough time to tell stories for the women that are not championship. And you know that Nyla gets the first crack, and she's just kind of the way to put over who the champion is. So it's it's a weird, bad combination. Just kind of a big wrestler like Lance Archer, which I hope doesn't happen to Brian Cage. It's a big wrestler who is going to put over somebody else because, hey, winning over a giant, as you say, in wrestling is a good way to get over. But what Britt Baker does come all out, I mean, she's going to have big... I'm sure she's going to have a big segment come Pittsburgh. I, I would expect So I'm sure that's going to be the introduction of who she's going to be challenging for all out. So that I think that's kind of a big thing. Well, we can't forget she she did knock out Yuka Sakazaki's tooth. 
She did. So and there's continued, I mean, there, you know, looking to get Yuka involved in some way. I mean, there's a story there. Um, but I feel like this, this title reign has to go on for a while. Yeah, it's going to go on for a minute. Speaking of titles, too, you had Miro introduce his new championship. God's favorite God's champion. favorite champion. I like what they're Love doing it. with it right now. It's not quite Cody, which is good. It's not an advertised gimmick that I'm going to challenge this every week, or defend it, I'm sorry, every week. But he's got challengers. He's beating guys left and right every week like a TV title should. He's got his own unique championship. If they do customize the belt, given the champions, it's kind of cool. I thought the white strap looks really nice. I think the belt looks nice. Yeah. So, you know, you're going to have... But I, I like the idea of each champion having his own version. Yeah, why not? Cool They don't me. really do that too much. That's kind of cool. So you have that, and then you have Miro. I don't, we'll see what he does. I don't know what they're gearing up for, but you see what he does. You know, hopefully Andrade goes against Pac and those guys. That could be interesting. I mean, you I, know, that was such a. I I missed that initially being on the watch along, but him going after Death Triangle, not going after Death Triangle, but looking for Death Triangle. I mean, that's yeah. We don't know I'm what that's going to be. I, I guess it's kind of ambiguous. You could have him challenging or teaming up with. I don't know. Yeah. But you also have the idea that hey, Sammy's coming over as big face now. Miro needs a challenger. Could that be all out? Don't know. But it transitions to what the main event is. Coffin match. The coffin match. Ethan Page, Darby Allen. Sting, Scorpio Sky, the whole thing. It was it was definitely a coffin. We had a couple people here that said, well, what's the difference between a coffin and a, uh, I was going to say a funeral. <laughs> no, a coffin and a oh, casket. So what's the difference between a coffin and a casket? The shape. Like a casket's like a big rectangle, right? It's like a big rectangle, has the things that you carry on the sides, like a, you know, like the, the bearers walk down the casket and it's, you know, it's comfortable inside. Like a coffin is like, you know, shaped like a, you know, it's like a Western tombstone thing. It's They just dropped it off and said, hey, here are a couple of roses. You're dead. But Ethan Page comes out. Darby Allen comes out. I slug it out. I loved Darby having the steel plates on his back for the coffin drop at the beginning. I thought that was so smart. Uh, great, great little bit there. But this We match, all tied that into WCW, right? We all tied that to the Bret Hart metal plate. With Goldberg, which was cool. He wore the plate so that Goldberg couldn't spear him because he had the plate on. So uh-huh. it was a mm-hmm. really, it's a cool angle. He has this one. He hits the, you know, the, the back bump coffee nice drop. Nice callback. It's kind of yeah. cool, yeah. You have Darby. I mean, I've said this to, you know, the individual staying with us, our friends, you know, whatever. It's kind of, hey, look, Darby Allen and Jeff Hardy are the same guy. And it's young Jeff Hardy Young Darby Allen, look at what Jeff's career was. He's a guy that sells and tells that he's this underdog. I think Jarrett's made that comparison it, early on, too. This is like Jeff Hardy now. I mean, look, Jeff Hardy's had a long career. You no longer really look at Jeff Hardy as the underdog. He's a former world champion in multiple organizations. He said terrific matches. He said terrific feuds. But in the beginning, look back to 2002, right? Undertaker Jeff Hardy, that Jeff Hardy. He sold you, couldn't cut really a promo, but he, he sold you on, and Darby Allen tells a much better story than Jeff with through his vignettes, through his video packages, through his artistic filmmaking. But the style in the ring, where he's selling the underdog, where he's the guy that's, hey, it's going to be difficult to make him a heel. Oh, he is, he is absolutely beloved by everyone. I don't, I don't know anyone <laughs> 
who doesn't love Darby? And we were talking about this, and we've, we've talked about this for for quite some time. I, he is, I, what, the first true homegrown talent I feel like they have. They're, they're building stars left and right, but, like, just at the end of the night, Darby reigns supreme. He wins the coffin match. The crowd is just chanting Darby over and over. I mean, that was... That was a moment. What Darby's been able to do is that he's able to do what he does without really creative restriction. Yeah. And the style in the ring is that he ragdolls, he, he's, he takes big bumps, sells to the audience that this guy might die, and still somehow comes up and wins this match against Ethan Page. It was great. That's the it's Jeff Hardy. Yeah. And like you said about him being the underdog, I mean, we talked early on, we debated about, like, will he be a world champion like well you know what's to come of Darby and and he's done such an excellent job uh carving this way for himself that he he could be a world champion at any moment yeah he could be a world and you're we're buying in I mean there's no doubt it took him a year or so to kind of grow but now you start to watch it he's got staying with him he can do it it'll be short-lived because of the story but he can do it it's it's these he can do it and it was this match, really, that you look, you have Scorpio Sky, you have Ethan Page. Ethan Page is clearly getting opportunities, and he's taking them, seizing these opportunities. So he's going to take the step over Scorpio. Now, we know that Scorpio, for whatever reason, just wants to beat the shit out of Sting. Love it. But, <laughs> yeah, Ethan Page is very drawn, hey, I'm going to kill Darby Allen, but Scorpio's like, nah, I'm going to kill that old man Sting. <laughs> Scorpio's like, I'm coming, I'm coming for Sting. Why? I don't know. But he's coming for Sting. But... The segment here is clear that Ethan Page is the leader of the Men of the Year. Is that what their tag team is called? The Men of the Year? Yeah. yeah. So I think he's clearly going to step into the leader role here. I don't know what it is as to why. Maybe it's the opportunity because Scorpio really hasn't wrestled outside of the tag team. Ethan Page has done more than Scorpio has. So maybe it's just because the opportunity. Of the opportunity. That so maybe we'll see a little bit of what Scorpio does going forward because I we've had a lot of Ethan. Ethan just got coffin dropped through a coffin, so he's going to be, you know, he he said he was alive, but he's not feeling great. So maybe we'll see a little Scorpio. Mm-hmm. We got a big show next week. You have New Japan strong this currently, right? New Japan Resurgence or something. Well, Resurgence is coming up. Um, that's going to be tonight. No, New oh. Japan Strong is tonight. Tag oh, Team Turbulence. Okay. Sorry. That's what is starting. I apologize. Uh, the Good Brothers returning to New Japan, which is wonderful. Resurgence, though, is August 14th, and that is the return to the LA Coliseum with fans. And so we've got. Um, that'll be Saturday. Yes, that's a Saturday. Uh, big, big wrestling weekend um, in August there. We've got Jay White versus David Finley for the. Gross. Never open weight championship. Uh, John Moxley's is advertised. I believe Machine Guns advertised. Um, Finjuice Shota Umino. Death Riders reuniting. Hopefully, uh, that so that's good. that's going to be a, a really really cool show. Um, super excited to see what's to come, and we'll see what happens with the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, we'll see what's going on. I think right now, AEW is exciting. New Japan's starting to kind of come back. They had the issues, you know, with the, with the Kota Ibushi complications over the past weekend. So, you know, they, they've had their issues. It, it seems like they keep hitting bumps in the road. 
And they've overcome them, but it's like, you know, every time they get going, they keep hitting the roadblocks. So, you know, New Japan just hasn't been able to get their feet in the ground yet. But, you know, AEW's clear. They're moving. They got a huge lineup coming September. I mean, unbelievable shows coming September. And we would keep an eye on the ticket sales. I mean, like, these... People are excited to get back. Yeah, I mean, to these they've shows. packed like what fifteen thousand into Arthur Ashe Stadium. That's unbelievable. Something like that. I think the capacity what was around at this moment around like seventeen thousand. I think is the total capacity. Like you said, Unbe- imagine what this thing's going to look like with seventeen thousand people in it. That's unbelievable. We're, it hasn't sold out, but we're close to a sellout. A uh, very strong um, sales be- between the pre-sale and and today, but. I am thrilled to bits to be getting back to some wrestling shows. It's like that song, Wake Me Up When September Ends. Like, just let me... Let me dream all through September because I am so, so, so excited to get back to wrestling. 2020, of course, the pandemic happened, but our goal was a wrestling show every every month. And, of course, that that didn't happen, so... September, we're, yeah, we're starting have out three. strong. Yeah, three in September. Four uh, if we do Rampage. Yeah, four if we end up doing Rampage. But, uh, you know, big weekend, Labor Day weekend, everybody going out, be safe. Flights are terribly brutal expensive right now. So, rental cars are non-existent. You can check out Turo. <laughs> or I don't know how to pronounce it, but it, this is not an ad, but it's Turo. It's a local rental car service. It's not really an airport service, but... If you are in the area and can get over to certain areas, you can rent a car. It's kind of like a peer-to-peer service. Uh, those are a lot more affordable. Yeah, because we that's something we're looking at to try to figure out how we're going to navigate um, throughout the weekend because we're getting out Thursday, going to be flying home Monday on Labor Day, but places to go, people to see. I mean, we've we've got to get Hopefully around. Hopefully good weather, no thunderstorms. We want to have a nice, nice, nice Labor Day weekend in Illinois. Hopefully the temperature kind of goes down a little bit, so we're sitting like nice 75 degree weather, not 95 like it is today, 100. Oh my gosh. Air conditioners pumping. This- Our gym's HVAC system exploded today, so couldn't even get to the gym today because that it was so damn hot. I'm sure it just pouring out. But what's crazy is like here in Jersey, we're not even getting the worst of it compared to some other parts of the U.S. I know, I so know, I hope and I feel terrible. Hope you guys staying cool and as best you can. Um, this is just like unprecedented. I feel like it's been a really hot summer. Last year, very similar during hot, the same time, summer. but you know, everybody out there with that. With that, thank you guys so much for listening. As always, hope you're doing well and staying safe. And like we just said, staying cool as best you can. We are at Dojo and Dynamite on Instagram, Dojo and Dynamite on Twitter, Dojo and Dynamite at gmail.com, and we will be back later next week with another episode. Thanks, guys.